You are are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super honored and excited for today's guest. Since earning his JD from Thomas Jefferson School of Law, Jeff has proven himself as an entrepreneurial innovator. As a serial entrepreneur, Jeff's been recognized nationally for his business creations ranging from a quick serve food chain, payroll and HR company, digital marketing agency and construction company, among others. In addition, Jeff was named a top 100 entrepreneur in America under the age of 35 by Impact named a top 40 executive under 40 by the Business Journal, and was also recently a finalist for CEO of the year. As a result of all his successes, Jeff was recently recruited by Forbes to be an entrepreneurship instructor at their Forbes School of Business and Technology. Combining his two biggest passions, entrepreneurship and healthy living, Jeff created the foundation Everbowl has been built on and his personal philosophy of making friends and having fun not only translated into a fun, vibrant culture at Everbowl, but also became the company's true heartbeat. Excited to welcome Jeff Fenster to Making Bank. Thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited to be here. Huge fan of you and the show. So always awesome when I get to come on and and participate as well. So thank you for for inviting me today. Cool. Yeah, super excited. I know we've kind of played trying to get you on the show for the last few months, but it's awesome to uh, I know you got had some amazing opportunities popping up for Everbowl, and so we'll kind of dive into a little bit of that later on in the show. Uh, and it's pretty cool because you know you sound like myself, a serial entrepreneur, you, all these different things. I know I've had like fourteen or fifteen different companies since I was fourteen, <laughs> kind of like you. And uh, so, tell me a little bit about how. I guess when when did you initially get started as an entrepreneur? As a kid, kind of was it after college? Uh, kind of fill us in there. Sure. So I think. It's a great question, and, and I'll, I'll answer it by defining what entrepreneur means to me, and I think that will help. But for me, entrepreneurship is all about problem solving, and ultimately, we're big problem solvers, and when you're a problem solver, you just find solutions, and as a result, that in today's world leads to companies, and uh, potentially, right? And right. so for me, I never thought of being an entrepreneur. That word wasn't even kind of used in society when I was growing up, and Uh, I went to college at University of Arizona. I went to law school to be a sports agent and had a job lined up with Lee Steinberg Sports Agency and was graduating law school at 24 years old, thinking I was going to do this whole career. And back then it was business owners and employees, but there was no entrepreneur. So I was like, oh, no, you're going to work for a while. And then eventually you might buy the company or uh, start one family business. But it wasn't like entrepreneurship like we think of that term today. And so when I graduated law school, I actually had a a young daughter and a fiance and ultimately decided not didn't want to travel the world representing grownups. I wanted to be a present dad. So I got a job uh, after law school selling payroll services for ADP, the payroll company. Sure. Uh, Was there six months and my first six months there was fortunate to build a pretty big business inside their company. And I was the number one sales rep in the country, first to make President's Club and made a lot of money and uh, was a rock star there getting all these awards and recognition. And so I thought, hey, I'm going to be a career ADP guy. This was perfect. And um, it was February of uh, January of 2008. And I had earned a $17,000 bonus for the year. And keep in mind, I 
seven months, eight months out of law school. I have a fiance, a daughter. I just bought a house. I have law school loans. So I needed the money, like seven right. grand. And it was a lot of money. And this was uh, um, really important. So I went to my boss in January and I said, hey, I'd like my 17 grand. And my boss informed me it was an annual bonus. I had to wait to the end of the fiscal year, which wasn't until the end of June. So I'd get it in July. And that moment, I just had this crushing sense of like, like depression because I was like, my whole life, I'm going to be waiting for someone else to give me the bonus or the opportunity, even if I earn it. And that's what I loved about sales in general was I go out, I hunt. If I am successful in the sale, I get rewarded with compensation and I could dictate my own financial outcome. And so when that was taken from me, at least in my head, um, I went home that night and talked to my fiance and said, listen, I know we just moved into our new house. What if I quit my job, we sell the house and the th us and my daughter move in with my parents and I start my own payroll company because FADP. And, right. um, <laughs> and she was supportive. Uh, she said, yeah, you know, if that's going to make you happy, you know, yeah, we, we'd been in our house like three months. Like it was pretty brand new. And sure. I was like, I just couldn't, I didn't know what I was doing and she was supportive. And so I went in the next day, I threatened to quit if they didn't give it to me and they called my bluff and I quit and sold the house and we moved in with my mom and dad and with a buddy i started my first payroll company out of my mom's kitchen called iChecks in 2008 simply because i wasn't going to wait for for that and that was kind of the birth of my entrepreneurship that's super cool and it was kind of interesting now you kind of defining your entrepreneurship to you and you're, you're right i mean back when i was 14 you know that wasn't even a word <laughs> I mean, I'm almost 50 now, so it was like uh, <laughs> it was business owner and employees, like you said, and uh, and you know now it's like okay, cool, you know everybody's an entrepreneur. It seems like, but it's <laughs> it's the it's the cool thing these days. But um, yeah, no, that uh, you know that that's a, a fun, interesting story, and you know I think sales is super important. Um, we homeschool our kids and everything now, and. You know, that's part of their curriculum that I've, I mean, we've homeschooled it for years, so way before all the pandemic stuff. But I mean, that's part of their curriculum is sales and sales training. And so they have, they they do online course like on sales training with Grant Cardone and like Chet Holmes and some, you know, some of the, the great ones. And it was actually kind of cool, as you mentioned, is um we were just out at uh, Dave Asprey's uh, biohacking conference. We had a booth there for our natural products company. And we make like oral care stuff and everything. And our, our boys were there and they were helping sell. And uh, between both of them, they probably sold like $10,000 worth of like teeth whitening devices and toothbrushes and all sorts of things. And they're like, you know, and they knew they were getting a commission and stuff afterwards. So it's, I think that's an integral skill, whatever you do to have. And obviously it worked for you being, you know, number one in the company and then turning around now and, you know, starting your own payroll company. Um, what were kind of, before we jump into the like your company you started, what were kind of some of those initial challenges you found when you were going out selling initially um, that you were able to come, overcome and then also help you in like rapidly growing, you know, your payroll company? Well, so I'm glad you asked that because fast forward to today, I'm able to use reflection and define what those things were, right? And so like my bit, my core values, the number top two are make friends and have fun. And really, that's part of sales. Um, sales has this, if you're not in sales, it has this bad connotation to sure. some people like, oh, I'm not a salesperson. Well, everyone is selling something, right? Your ideas at work, um, 
your products, your services, the reason why you should get the promotion or you should have the opportunity or why you want, why your kid should eat their vegetables. You're trying to convince somebody to behave or do something based on your own knowledge and expertise. And you hopefully think it's good for them. It's the bad salespeople are the people who are selling products and services they don't believe in. Mm -hmm. So that's where that icky salesy feeling comes right. from. But as a concept for human development, whether you're just starting out or, or you're a parent or you're an entrepreneur or you're an employee, being able to sell your ideas and convince somebody about something that you're passionate about and believe in is critical to success, right? Yeah. And so like, I want my kid to eat vegetables because they're good for them. My daughters don't like the taste. So I'm like trying to convince them why they should do it. That's important though. I'm, I'm, it's important to me that they are healthy and therefore I have to convince them to do something they may or may not realize they want to do yet. And so the challenges for me in sales was never really been, like I was naturally good at it because just from a young age, I found ways to connect with human beings and, and lead with value and try to make friends with as many people as I can because friendships are awesome, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. And so when I broke into ADP and I looked at what I had to do and I had to go around and sell payroll services to small and medium sized companies, people with 50 employees or less. So all of those small little corner shops and it's not like they didn't have payroll before. So payroll was kind of irrelevant. What I was selling them is why they want to do business with me and how I was going to add value to them. And so when you lead with that mindset, it wasn't so much like I need you to buy my product. It was me. Let me understand your business because I meet with business owners every single day, all day. That's all I do. So I'm probably meeting with people that could help your business outside of payroll, right? Like sure. you may need marketing services and I have seven of them that I do payroll for. And I've already had the relationship with what kind of marketing do you need to help grow your dry cleaner? Oh, you really need to figure out how to use social media. Well, you should talk to Peggy over at XYZ company because she has an incredible marketing company that focuses just on that. And now I'm just connecting my clients with other clients and just doing people solids because I'm helping them grow their business. And it has nothing to do with payroll. And when you start doing that, they start referring you. They start go, oh, Jeff, thank you so much. Like that account was awesome for me. You should actually talk to my sister. She has a company too. And now you have this army who are selling for you. Sure. Just because you're adding value where you can. And it didn't cost me anything except empathy and interest and some brain and, you know, brain computing power. And so I use that approach across everything I do. And I naturally did it at ADP. Um, and then I also started thinking outside the box and realized if I could make friends with bankers who help new companies open businesses, and I make friends with accountants and CPAs who do the bookkeeping and, and tax services for all these companies, and they reendorse me, um, I'm gonna have a, a huge funnel. And so a couple months in, I was able to really turn those those things on. And 2007, 2008, you know, this time frame wasn't social media driven, so it wasn't yeah. as easy as it is today to connect to anyone you want. You know, LinkedIn wasn't like a thing where everyone was on, and it was much more your world was, the world was much bigger because you only knew so many people and your influence didn't spread as far. Today's different. You have to adapt to the times, but back then it was a lot easier to, to, and it was more important to leverage the human connection to really grow. And that was kind of what I did early and it yielded incredible results for, for me and the company ADP at the time. Um, but it gave me the confidence I needed when I went out on my own to say, Hey, nothing's changed. I mean, at the end of the day, do you care if you have an Apple or an Android? They're, the technology is very similar, right? They both make the calls, receive the text, surf the internet, access everything. It's just which one do you like better? And so I could sell either one because I believe in the technology. Sure. No, I, yeah, that's super important. I mean, I think in like what you said is making friends and, you know, helping people is, you know, is the biggest thing. And, you know, by doing that, 
I mean, people are going to want to hang around and connect with you and, um, man, oh, look what Jeff has, or, you know, he's helped me do this and this and this. And, oh, by the way, he's got payroll. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the whole point. And that was kind of my sales pitch. It would be like, hey, I'd be like, hey, Josh, listen, I know I just sold you an ADP and ADP is one of the best in the business. They're the biggest, you know, they're going to take care of you. However, I just started my own company. And my ask is that you give me a shot. If, if I can't service you at the same caliber level, I'll help you get back with them. No harm, no foul. But hopefully I've demonstrated the value of working with me is I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure you're okay and on top of the company. And so I'm not just the big brand behind you. Know, behind you. I'm, I'm also a forefront. And that is so needed yeah. you know, at all levels. And when you realize to do that, even if you're not selling a product, you're selling your idea at the workplace, you know, putting in the extra caring about what your coworkers are doing, showing you're a team player that elevates you and you're going to get advancements much faster than just the best. And, and the easiest example of all this is the same thing everyone has said at some point in their life, which is so-and-so only got that opportunity or job or break because they're so-and-so's kid or brother or sister or fiance. And then you realize nepotism is real and you're not going to get away from it. So embrace it and use it as a, as a tool in your tool chest, just being upset about it you know, it's getting mad that water's wet. It's like, you can be, but it's not going to advance you. So accept water's wet. And then how do you use that to your advantage um, in an authentic way that can promote and elevate you? Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, NFTs, investing is all an ever-changing landscape these days. And for me, the Modern Finance Podcast hosted by Kevin Rose is a great place to listen to the latest trends in crypto and brush up on the fundamentals. Crypto isn't for everyone till you listen to Modern Finance. Modern Finance is the crypto show for the novice and expert alike. Their mission is to demystify crypto and the world of NFTs without dumbing it down. True Venture Partner Kevin Rose interviews top tech experts and entrepreneurs exploring the modern finance tools and helping others understand crypto, NFTs, and even traditional finance hacks. Modern Finance offers two shows on a single podcast feed, one weekly consensus episodes that explores weekly news and distills it into digestible information, and then the deeper interviews, which I love, with individual crypto founders and NFT artists. Don't let your crypto guy friend be the life of the party. By listening to Modern Finance, you will feel well-equipped to discuss and understand the crypto and NFT landscape. Feel informed about your investments and don't miss out on the next big thing in crypto or NFTs. Join Kevin Rose on the Modern Finance Podcast every single week so you don't miss a beat. Ten years ago, some people called cryptocurrency a scam. Five years ago, people thought it was a fad. And now it's already over a trillion dollar market and growing. The Modern Finance Podcast helps you make sense of all the coins, NFTs, and chaos. Now is the time to equip yourself with the knowledge of where things are going. The financial landscape is harder than ever to navigate, but you don't have to do it alone. Download and subscribe to Modern Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Modern Finance wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't be the last person on the next train out. Listen to Modern Finance and get ahead of the future of finance. You know, obviously, you have the, you started your own then uh, payroll company, and then how did the whole construction companies and fast, you know, quick serve food and marketing agencies that all come out of need for stuff that you were doing? Or yeah, so along that journey, I think one of the 
most valuable lessons that I learned and started to deploy was the concept of vertical integration. And so by making friends with my customers and asking the questions of, you know, what's troubling you, what's troubling you, you know, the payroll business was started right before the financial crisis. And sure. so my timing was awesome. I, I, I'm the guy who starts a business right before the biggest financial meltdown in, in at the time uh, of our, of our lifetimes. And the biggest challenge was I made money the more paychecks you had, but the economy was right. stagnant. People were getting laid off. So people were downsizing. Um, the unemployment pool was enormous. So the companies that were growing or looking for talent were struggling to find talent. And so I had this, I, this idea, which was, well, I had a problem. So go back to what I am. I'm a problem solver. My problem was I couldn't increase top line revenue fast enough for my growth appetite for my goals. So I had to not only increase top line with new customers, I had to build my organic cust my my base organically and have them grow in size. Right. And so I would go to them and say, "Well, what is keeping you from growth today?" Because I was trying to find solutions for my for my clients. And the number one thing kept coming back, recruiting. We just don't have someone who can spend the time to sort through this enormous unemployment pool, um, qualify people. Again, this was before social media and everything wasn't online. People were literally still dropping off physical resumes and it was a more arduous process. And so um, I started a recruiting agency just to help my payroll clients find more talent. And I was like, well, let me do this and let me help knowing that even if I break even in the recruiting, I'm going to make money on the payroll side. And if I can make money recruiting and on the payroll side, even better. Right. And yeah. so uh, I started my second company, which was a recruiting agency to help support my main thing. And that opened my eyes to the power of vertical integration because my payroll business did one of these. And then when I sold the payroll business, I then had a second company, a recruiting company, which I sold six months later. So I actually got to bite the apple twice and I got to make a bigger apple and, and it happened faster. And so um, when I, I sold both those in 2012 and, and in 2012, I started a digital marketing agency with a guy named Neil Patel. Good, you know, everyone knows oh, yeah. Neil now. Um, we had a bunch of clients together, worked together for five years, four years. And then in 2016, when I was kind of driving my wife and kids crazy, my wife said, go do something you're passionate about. And that was the birth of Everbolt. Um, my passion outside of entrepreneurship and my family has been health and wellness. And I believe there was a major healthy eating crisis in America. So I know nothing about restaurants. Um, I, I genuinely believe experience is the most overrated prerequisite to starting a company. Yeah. And so um, I decided to start Everbowl, which is a quick serve restaurant focusing on superfood bowls, acai bowls, pitaya bowls, um, in a build, you know, build your own kind of think Chipotle meat superfood uh, manner. And we opened the first one in October of 2016. And with Everbowl, because it's my passion project, I was really, and I'm smarter and more experienced, I'm trying to put all the lessons I've learned with all my other companies into it. My failures, because I didn't mention like I failed on three or four companies along that journey as well. But the failures you learned the most from, the wins, what, what worked. Right. And with Everbowl, it was like, okay, well, let's see if we can't vertically integrate a system to open scale and develop this concept. And so the first restaurant cost me a quarter of a million dollars to build. And I realized that's expensive and it took longer than I wanted. Why? Right. And I'm planning on building a hundred of these. So I have a consistent problem moving forward. I need a construction arm to build all this stuff. I'm like, okay, let's start a construction company. So we started, we build stuff, uh, LLC and we build Everbowls. And the idea was I was going to make an upfront investment and use that, that, uh, entity to, go out and open 50 Everbowls really quickly. And so 
I did, and my costs came way down. And now we have this construction and fabrication company we build, and we build all the Everbowls, and we can build a store for almost a quarter of the price it used to cost me for in, and literally we can build them in 20 days. Wow, wow. And so, yeah, so now all of a sudden that does something. And the power of vertical integration is gonna, I'm gonna circle back to what it does, because when when people ask me a lot, you know, when I when I'm get asked, the number one of the number one questions I get asked is, how do you scale so fast? Like everyone sees, my company scale, they want to know, well, vertical integration allows you to scale because it starts many snowballs down the mountain and you just need the snowball to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow until it hits the bottom. And so the key for us is how many of these snowballs can we start and how can we help them run into each other? So two snowballs become one bigger snowball and the momentum gets faster and bigger. And so when you open a restaurant, there's a whole lot of problems you have to solve. How do you get customers in the door? How do you do marketing? How do you cut costs down? How do you build them? How do you handle all these things? So by us building our own stores, we cut the upfront capital down so I can build more stores for the same amount of cash, which is great because right. more stores means more advertising, which means more customers, which means more uh, opportunity for people to see the brand, which is more brand awareness, which will hopefully drive more sales back to the original stores and my brand grows. So the construction piece was huge for us in the sense of how it enabled us to control that whole part of the business. So additionally, what happens is when you're growing really quickly, the other thing is I've gotten a lot of media attention. And another question is, how do you get all that? Well, you do stuff that's worthy of media attention. You do media worthy things. And just running a restaurant is not media worthy. Opening what we did in our second year in, in business, we opened 14 stores in San Diego in 12 months two on the same day twice, all of a sudden in San Diego, we were doing yeah. something that was media worthy. So the media is like, well, how are you doing this? Well, now I get to talk about Everable. I get to talk about WeBuild. So when I do that, that solves the next problem that everyone asks me, how do I fix? How do you hire and find good talent? Talent likes growth companies. Talent wants to put their, you know, hitch their wagon on, on something that's exploding. So when you have a cool company that seems to be opening a new store every two, three, four weeks, with a cool brand that, that seems to get a lot of media attention, I wanna work with them. So now we're recruiting good rock stars, which enables us to do what we're already doing better and faster, which allows us to grow more, which does more media attention, which gets us more people. And so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy as our snowball continues to roll down the hill. And again, it, it starts with simple thinking at the forefront. What are the repeatable problems that you're running into on a daily basis that, that are causing you to not move as fast or be as successful when you can identify those things and you can see how you can either acquire or start your own. I'm a startup guy, so I start my own, but some people buy, you know, some, right. a lot of lot like Facebook's out there. They just acquire, they do the same thing, but they're just acquiring them because they have cash sure. and it's just easier. I'll just go spend a billion dollars and we'll buy that augmented reality company because we want to introduce augmented reality into social media. Great. Like that, that works too. Yeah. Uh, but for a lot of the people listening and most of us out there, we don't have Facebook's treasury bank account. So, um, you know, for us, it's about thinking about the system. And then the next piece is the food side. Well, we sell food that is imported all over the world into Everbowl. So it's expensive. It's hard to find. So we went out and built our own relationships and started our own import company and our own food manufacturing division called Unevolved Products which is also a clothing line, as you see here and here, and I'll get to what that is. Um, but that now allowed us to control our supply chain from the food side back to our store. So we can reduce our food costs, which means we make more money at the store level, which allows us to reinvest that to continue to grow. 
And again, now it's another media media worthy event. Oh my God, everyone, you import your own superfoods? We do. And then I have pictures of me in Brazil working with locals, getting the, the product, creating content, which is awesome for social media and it's awesome for media. And then hopefully that continues to build customers who, who love our cause and our why. And they, they, they like what we stand for. So then they're supporting our stores even more. And again, we continue to grow and scale faster. And we're also building a big moat around our our company because as a business owner, what is rule number one? Stay in business today. What's right. rule number two? Stay in business tomorrow, <laughs> right? So the bigger the runway that we can build as fast as we can, the better. And so, you know, when you look at our competitors, they don't have their own superfood brand. They don't build their own stores. So now, uh, fast forward to COVID, you know, when COVID hit and it wiped a lot of us us being QSR restaurants yeah. down and out until the PPP and all this, we made a different pivot. We pivoted to franchise because we were corporately mm -hmm. run until then. Okay. And so, so ultimately, and, and based on the premise of the show, you know, for entrepreneurs, like what you have to always maintain in your head is the number one strength we have, the number one thing we have to get ourselves out of jams is options, right? So by vertically integrating your business, you have options because you can fall and lean on different things. If I couldn't theoretically open Everbowls all over the country, well, I could start selling the unevolved product food all over the country. That was an option. Uh, I could start building third-party restaurants and businesses with my WeBuild and still sure. generate revenue. That's an option, right? So I have multiple parachutes in case we were stuck in a weird situation. Um, and so what, what did we do is we did two things. We, we launched a direct-to-consumer product called Later Bowls and went on QVC and started selling direct-to-consumer our, our unevolved products. So while everyone was stuck at home ordering delivery food and our stores were closed because we closed on March 18th and didn't reopen until May 1st mm. uh, until they figured out what was going on in California. Like we had to shut down and right. we got to reopen six weeks later, but for six weeks we weren't generating any revenue and it, that doesn't work. So <laughs> we launched this new thing and we got on QVC and all of a sudden it opened our doors to a national presence. And we started selling franchises because we could now offer the coolest franchise opportunity. Instead of you buying our brand and paying us a fee, we're giving you a complete turnkey system from once the site is selected, we'll build the store for you. We'll provide the products to the distributors for you. We'll train you. We'll give you the brand. And we're going to ensure that you're going and we're going to do it for 50% or 70% less than our competitors. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't need to make money building your store and I don't need to make money selling you food. I make my money with you selling Everbowls. So the fact that I might make money or not is irrelevant, but I can right. lower the cost to make it. And now instead of buying one store, you're buying two or three in your market because I'm teaching you the value of vertical integration. So you buy three stores for the same price you would have spent for one of my competitors. Mm. And now you have three stores in your market, which is going to do a lot of things. It's media worthy in the local market. It's going to attract the local talent to want to come work because what is this new Everbowl that's opening these stores in my community? Customers are going to get behind it and you're going to make more money. It's a win-win-win. And so all of this happens because we had the options with vertical integration. And so that's kind of my long-winded answer to your question, <laughs> uh, my ramble. But, but what... I genuinely think is the most important thing that that people need to start thinking about in their company is how do I create options? How do I start these snowballs? And it's not always starting your own company. It just applied for me, but it could be partnerships or acquisitions, or it could be, you know, mitigating. You know, there's a thing I always tell my, my oldest daughter when she's like, Dad, I have this problem. I'm like, all right, well, before we answer it, let's assess what if we do something different? Is that problem even still there? You know, mm -hmm. like 
Yeah. There's always something else you can do and it's going to have unintended good and bad consequences. So once we figure that out, you just start to reverse engineer what do we need to do and these things work. Like they really do. I mean, you look at companies like McDonald's, you know, McDonald's is the largest toy manufacturer in the world because they manufacture toys for the Happy Meal and they don't sell a single toy. Right. But they're the largest, right? They have the they own all that land. Un, um, under their stores. They're a real estate company, right? And so they've mitigated a ton of their downside and all that. I mean, if, if tomorrow McDonald's had to close, they could become a toy store and sell toys to all the other stores. And the, they, they have the infrastructure. So those are the cool things you learn along the entrepreneur journey. No, that's awesome. And uh, you've like packed so much information in that little, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the little uh, synopsis there. Um, Man, let me think for a second. So I know through all the media attention and things like that, I mean, you guys like recently have brought on like Tom Brady as a partner with you or I, I've saw some media. What's that? Do you say Tom Brady? Yeah. No, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. There we go. Sorry. That's okay. Here, we'll edit that down. So recently, <laughs> you've recently brought on Drew Brees. <laughs> Somebody yes. brought him up in the last conversation, so it was in my head. <laughs> I, I'm like, but, wait. But, how did but I... Tom, if you're listening, there's a spot for you. <laughs> so, yes, Drew Brees, maybe Tom Brady. <laughs> um, but that probably would not have been possible without the media attention, without the vertical integrations, without the multiple stores that have created that buzz around Everbowl then, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a combination. I think uh, Drew lives in San Diego, so he got some exposure to our stores, but he really loved kind of the unevolved lifestyle, the the why behind Everbowl. Mm -hmm. um, it's the word you see here. So the reason Everbowl was started was really to address, in my opinion, the major crisis in the United States with health. And sure. that is heart disease, stroke, obesity, cancer, diabetes, hypertension, all these things uh, that are plaguing us, the science is out that 80% of these, roughly 80% of these can be prevented or delayed with lifestyle changes, moving your body and eating real food. And then you look at the average American eats fast food 3.6 times a week. And we know it's bad for us. So it's the new smoking, right? It was like in the 90s and 2000s, smoking was bad for you, but it was just the transition for people to stop. Right. Well, why are we killing ourselves with these lifestyle choices? And so uh, we tried to come up with a word, a, like a single word to mean and stand for what we're talking about. And the word unevolve was created and we trademarked it. It's singular, no D at the end. Um, and and unevolve means to live actively and eat stuff that's been around forever. Live an unevolved lifestyle. Just move your body and eat real food. And Everbull's tagline is made from stuff that's been around forever. And again, unevolve is live actively and eat stuff that's been around forever. And so when you walk in our stores, it says unevolve on the front and Everbull on the back of the t-shirt because we're just one player on the team unevolve. And if you decide that you like our competitor better than us, but it's a healthy option, I still want you to go there over the fast and the fried and you never have to go to an Everbull. We're on the team. We're promoting health and wellness. We're promoting everyone to be the best version of themselves. And when you eat right, you feel better. When you feel better, you perform and look better and you have more confidence and everything stems from that, right? So that's foundation one. And so my goal was to help everyone. And so I reverse engineered the four excuses, or I summed them up to four excuses we make to why we knowingly eat bad. Um, and what they are is one, it costs too much to eat healthy or we think it does. Two, it doesn't taste good. Three, it doesn't fill you up and leave you satisfied. Or four, you just can't get it. You're, you're in a jam, you have a tight window to get food and you can only choose the fast options in the, in the little community center. 
So Everbowl is built to be affordable, filling, delicious, and accessible because once you've eaten Everbowl and we can address those four excuses, now we can be an, a, an option for you. Now we can make it to where you're going to come and eat. And that last one, accessibility, means we have to open stores all over the place. Yeah, We have to be in that little shopping center for you so you can come and have that option. And so with Drew, I think he saw what Unevolve was about. He saw the why behind Everbowl. He saw what Everbowl was trying to solve. And as he transitions from uh, the NFL now to his post-NFL life, which he's doing, you know, uh, NFL tonight on, or Sunday night football commentating, but he's also looking into business and he's a business owner. He wants to give back and he knows as a top tier athlete what it takes to, to be successful. And he wants to get behind brands like Everbowl. And so it was great that coupled with the media attention and our growth and all the things we talked about once he saw under the hood, he saw that this is a brand I want to be a part of and we wanted him to be a part of. And so it was a natural fit. And it was great because he said, listen, I want to be an investor. I want to be a franchisee and I want to be a brand ambassador. I don't want to be just one. And so we figured yeah. out a deal for him to be all three. And now he's a, he's a cool part of the company and part of the next phase. No, that's awesome. And I, you know, I, th I think that's super cool with kind of how you guys wrapped it all up and what it stands for. I mean, we just actually, my kids and I, we just got done listening to a metabolical and it talks about like how the processed foods and that's what's been, you know, killing and leading to all that heart disease and diabetes and health issues and stuff. And people got to get back to eating real food. And that's right. awesome how you guys are bringing that, you know, to the forefront of your mission with Everbowl and, and Evolve and, and everything else. So I just looked at my crap. We got only a few minutes left. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> how did it I go so quick? <laughs> Um, uh, guys, guys, I hope you guys are really listening. Make sure you guys take notes. Go back, listen, watch this again, rewind. You know, if you're driving, don't take notes yet until you get somewhere. But uh, listen, watch it again when you get a second and take those notes. Pay attention to what Jeff's talking about. There's so much information that he's dropped, uh, it, you know, throughout the conversation. And uh, think about how your business is, how, you know, what, what do you have any kind of vertical integrations now, or what could you add to what you're currently doing or, or start? Uh, I mean, like he, he starts things based out of, you know, needs for certain areas and, and how, how they can all align together. And I mean, that's a lot of how I started my companies over the years. Like, Oh wait, this isn't out there. Why isn't this out there? I need to go just start it. Like we just have that no fear mindset. Let's just go do it. Why, why couldn't you do that? Kind of, kind of, you know, drive. So with a few minutes left, one, like tell some people where they can go find out more about you, Everbowl and everything you got going on. And then I'll ask kind of the wrap up question. Sure. Yeah. So obviously you can go to everbowl.com um, and you can learn about Everbowl. There's everything from what we actually do and the, the why behind the company all the way through to if you wanted to join the family and open a franchise, you can obviously click franchise. We have just, I'll, I don't know when this is airing, but as of today, we have 48 open stores in nine states and we have 206 more to come over the next 48 months that are now signed. So we'll be hopefully in a state or a city near you. Um, and if we're not, we'd love to talk to you about it. And then personally, just at Fenster Jeff on social media. Um, or jeff at everbowl.com. If you want to email me, I'd love to, to connect. I'm happy to talk through these concepts deeper, just anything to help each other. You know, we're a fraternity of men and women trying to solve problems and build companies. So we have to give, give, give as much as we take. For sure. Definitely. Um, yeah. And then I just, one last kind of thing is, I mean, with what we've kind of just briefly talked about so far, uh, you know, what's, you're just thinking, oh man, I was hoping Josh wanted to go down this path or ask me this, but we got way over here. What's just kind of one last thing you really want to leave everybody with that you 
been wanting to share, or maybe you haven't shared somewhere else that you're like, oh, this is great. I need to get this out there and, and get sure. it in people's hands. So the number one excuse I hear that drives me absolutely crazy is I don't have time. And um, I have two kids, a 16 year old and a 10 year old and a business, three businesses and travel a lot. And uh, I'm going to give everyone a little life hack. It's basically the power of four minutes, but the average snooze button is eight minutes long. So what I'm about to tell you times two, but if you take four minutes a day and do something at the end of a year, that's 24 hours of time. So you can literally learn a new language in 24 hours of study. And that's four minutes a day for 365 days is 24 hours. And so if you stop hitting snooze even once, that's two full days a year that you can regain, even if you just allocate those four minutes or those eight minutes to whatever it is you're trying to sharpen your skills on, learn, advance yourself, because you have to be learning because the world's always changing, even in your business. Don't, don't become tired. One of the reasons that I've been able to penetrate new markets with zero experience is because most people in the industry are doing it the exact same way they've always done it. And they're lost in the forest for the trees because they've been living it for too long. And I can come in with fresh eyes. So use those four to eight minutes a day. And all of a sudden you're going to find that you're honing new skills and really learning new things. And the I don't have time thing will go away and you'll, you'll see serious advancement. Awesome. That's a super cool life hack. I haven't heard that one before. So that that's great. Some different variations, but not not that specifically. And uh, that's awesome. Uh, Jeff, again, uh, just honored to have you on Making Bank today, sharing your insights and uh, having you on the show. So thank you for your time. Well, thanks again for having me. As I said, a huge fan of the show. So you guys are all doing it right. The guests that Josh brings on are incredible. Josh is great and uh, always love coming on. So thank you. I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.